Alexander tries to say important things, and <sighs> you know what it is. It's because I'm just things. so nerdy that people are like, "Oh, she's talking again." Okay, tell me when it's important. We'll listen to this this sound clip, and then we'll stop listening again. It's fine. Yeah, and you have like 20 seconds yes, to get your whole message. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Jesus. but honestly, if if I were to really be honest about the fear that gripped me when I heard this news was, I no longer trust. That, you know, and this was a momentary, I don't know if I'm still there, but I no longer trusted that the systems of checks and balances were in place enough Mm-mm. that myself as a woman, as a gay woman, um, as LGBT, LGBTQ um, plus, would have any recourse. And, and, and in the past, when I, when I disagreed with, you know, Bush's politics or even when Mc- McCain's politics, there was still the trust that there would be a protection and it's okay that we had a differencing, difference of opinion. Uh, but now I am afraid. I'm afraid of being me. And I'm afraid of being me in, in public because of mm-hmm. how that might change. What I have, the rights I have right now are threatened to be to go away and it's not even just your public rights it's also your private rights yes where government has no business being and also whole other topic but like i'm sick of old people telling women what they can and can't do or telling gay people what they can and can't do or who you can marry like get over yourself and how and how do i reconcile that with you know, loving the country and being proud of the country in the past that I was born in and also being so afraid, thinking, do I need to leave? Okay, Is hold it, on, though. Hold know? on. Though. I think okay. that's a really interesting mm-hmm. in thing to raise, and this may be a whole different discussion. But <laughs> we've said we've that been, like 20 No, times. but we've been talking about this a lot. Like, what does patriotism mm-hmm. actually mean? And, um, like, the idea that now... Seeing, I mean, I know that I have been seeing warnings um, for our community here in Sacramento um, that there are folks who are driving around flying American flags on the backs of their trucks. Yes. And what that means to all of us right now is that they are anti-black. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Specifically right now in this moment, that they are anti-black and that they are pro-Trump. Right. And we have talked about this a lot, Mm -hmm. my partner Miller and I, about like we as white people have probably the privilege of having this go on a little bit longer right. than it has for other folks but the idea that the american flag is now actually a symbol that we see as representative mm-hmm. of hate and is scary to us yes. mm-hmm. definitely um, and and the dichotomy of, of i i'm from texas yeah. and i'm in california and I'm, I'm, I, I, I guess I lived in a dream, but I'm used to having to, to dodge the, the sexism or, or isms of being um, looked at as a lesser than, um, whatever that means to you, in, in Texas. And although there were liberal pockets, it was the overarching theme of being oppressed. In California, when I came here, I had this naivety that I'm in a liberal state, I'm in a place where I can be open and accepted. And it's not that that is inherently wrong, but I'm realizing that where we live borders such a red side and, and, it's, and it, there is such a vast difference 
that I, f- I have that feeling that I had dropped, um, I hate to use the wall metaphor, but I dropped my walls to be more open and that it's, it's being built back up. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it, there's a grief about that for me because it's the grief that I no longer can love with, live with my whole heart and still know that I'm, that have that feeling of safety. And, and that's, that's scary. It's traumatic. Like, I think many of us, like, in our generation and the people here on this deck right now, my junior, senior year, they passed a law in California saying that marriage is only between a man and a woman. Uh, so then two years later, I was absolutely dragged out of the closet by my mother and been gay ever since. But then I moved to Massachusetts and marriage was legal there. And before I came back to California, marriage was then recognized federally. And it was this huge win. And now we are sitting in a very real situation where our rights that just a couple of years ago, the Supreme Court said, yes, you do have the right to get married and be protected under this constitution to which you pay taxes to, you live in, and you are a contributing member of society. That could all be taken away, and that is a very real fear, and it is highly traumatic. This is not an over-exaggeration, because so many of the things that we were afraid of in 2016 have happened, and it's even actually worse than I think we could have imagined. It's the gayest part of your day. Sit back and grab a shot of day. Yeah. Touch in on this patriotism thing here. <laughs> I think one way I cope with this, this is totally off topic from what the fuck we were supposed to be talking about. But like, No, listen, we're talking what about how we're coping. Podcast yeah. Is, yeah. Is the American flag has been weaponized. Mm-hmm. It has been used against us. Mm-hmm. And one way that I try to combat that is I wear shirts with American flags on it. I have a fucking California flag hanging in my room. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in college again. <laughs> but I have decided that they don't get to own that flag. Mm-hmm. That flag is for all of us. Mm-hmm. The American flag, the California flag, the Texas flag, it doesn't matter. That's for all of us. Like I have decided that I am going to by brands, I'm wearing a Carhartt shirt right now, that is, you know, something that is that is generally associated with this feeling that we're talking about, that the American flag has been co-opted by a group of people that don't believe we should have rights. Mm-hmm. So the way I've been coping, coping with that is to start wearing more shirts with American flags, is to start hanging American flags everywhere, because they don't get to own that. They don't get to weaponize that against us. And it's important... For representation, I think, for other people to see that, too. I am very obviously gay, and every time I wear a shirt with an American flag (laughs) that says freedom like a fucking douche, like, (laughs) I actually am, like, kind of happy and proud about that because then there's someone else out there who's another queer I can see another queer mm-hmm. with my little douchey freedom shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't get to fucking own that. Like, yeah. And that's why I have the other flag in my room that is like a cartoon drawing of yeah. the don't tread on me flag that says no step on snake. <laughs> Wait a second. Yes. I just want you to know had I, I known this, I don't know if things. I would have had yeah. Lynn move in with us. <laughs> <laughs> that's other, fair. Like, there are not groups of people in this country that get to co-opt and mm-hmm. own the flag and weaponize it against other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. The only way to unweaponize that 
is to use it back. Yeah. That's what I do. That's yeah. how and I cope. I think that that's an interesting, I think there's an interesting conversation about yeah. patriotism here that, like, I have frequently felt that, like, I am a lucky, lucky human that I picked whatever draw in the universe that I was born as a white lady in the United States. And I know that this is very different for a mm-hmm. lot of other folks, especially thinking about black Americans mm-hmm. who don't have, you know, there's an entire history of lack of agency. But the fact is that I am glad to have been born in this country mm-hmm. over any other country. And that what patriotism can actually mean for me is that I still have a deep underlying belief that we can can make it better, mm-hmm. that we can figure out how to have a system that is not racist, that is not sexist, that is not, and that actually every time we start talking about, you know, I made the joke about white people escapism and like mm. <laughs> we're talking about this literally yesterday, <laughs> um, but like that actually may be part of what my job is, especially as a white woman, as an attorney is to fucking stay here mm-hmm. and figure out how to make this place a place that can actually be open and welcoming and comfortable and safe and habitable for everybody who lives here. Because I really believe that we are, I mean, we are literally a nation of immigrants, mm-hmm. right? It's like not just a... What do you mean? Hold on. You mean the people that wrote the Constitution <laughs> were immigrants were all born here into the United States? What? Land? Hold on. I'm confused. <laughs> what do you mean? Like we are all colonizers. Interesting. Or the colonized. No, we've we always are, been here. Right. Oh, right. I love hearing different perspectives. So I love listening to Lynn and talking about how, you know, she takes back the weaponization of the American flag and listening to Sonia saying that she wants to stay and really is deeply entrenched in the American values of, of making sure that there's excessive agency. Everyone has agency. Somebody like myself, what would you say to somebody like me who is feeling fearful, who has a little bit of that, that, you know, tendency for the escapism and also a little bit of the guilt that, I have the ability to even think that way because I know that that's, I am a white privileged woman who mm-hmm. can quote unquote, I'm making air quotes here if you guys can't see, mm-hmm. um, of passing as quote unquote straight. I look like I could be straight. So what, you know, on the outside, I feel even guilty for, you know, feeling this way. Fucking suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> 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 Fucking Buy a gun, drink a beer. <laughs> We're gonna fucking fight this shit out. We got no other fucking choice. Yeah. Get your shit together. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm on, I can, I can I'm clearly on team Lynn for that one. Very supportive friends here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm expressing my my vulnerabilities. They're like, "Fuck you, man. Get a oh. gun." No, I gotta say, on Friday night when I found out about RBG's passing, I had the same level of intense sadness for our country, fear for myself and other LGBT people, people of color, just instant mourning mm-hmm. that, I, that I did the night that I found out Trump got elected because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. scared for our country. I'm scared for our democracy. I'm scared for women. I'm scared for so many people. 
I mean, I'm the kind of person who, like, as a young child, I would watch the Olympics and I would get, like, teary-eyed watching our flag being uh, flown and watching people, like, have their hands over their hearts. I don't want to say, and now I'm honestly scared to say, yeah, I'm proud to be from the U.S., like, because we've kind of fucked shit up. And we haven't owned a lot of our past mistakes. And I think that's what, for me personally, bothers me the most, is you see these, like, white entitled douchebags saying, oh, well, it's just history. It doesn't matter anymore. When people are still to this day affected by policies and government things that happened years ago, we're still impacted by that. We're still affected by that. I do, like Selena said, I think that we have the capability and the power to be fucking better than we've been, but it's going to be a long, hard road, and it's going to take us staying here and just combining all of our efforts and time and energy into making it better. And we have to make sure that we are fighting that fight to make it better. And how do we get involved? Like, what do we do to get involved? And I'm, I'm not being like the cliche, but, you know, a lot of people feel involved when they post things on social media. That's not involved. That's mm-hmm. posting things on social media to make yourself feel better. How do you, how do we, what do we need to do to get out into the communities to get involved? I think it depends on what you want to do. Like, do you want to be like, do you want to support Planned Parenthood? Do you want to run for office? Do you want to support someone running for office? Like, I think it just depends what you want to do and where you see yourself personally most able to help someone. Like, I was looking into volunteering for Planned Parenthood after um, last night I went to the vigil for RBG and, like, the CEO of Planned Parenthood was there and I was like, you're fucking awesome. I want to make sure that we still have these going forward because so many states are like, fuck abortion, fuck women, you don't have any rights. And I want to make sure that going forward, like, women have those rights. Right. I think right. fucking women is how you get into the abortion yeah, I was category. Gonna say <laughs> yes. We seem serious, so I didn't want to say that. If you are a person who has the capacity to get somebody pregnant, because let's be real, there are plenty of us who are fucking women who are not getting them pregnant. <laughs> Inquire within. <laughs> <laughs> well, what kind of within? Whatever <laughs> um, you want. You can follow us on Instagram. For <laughs> um, so, Sonia, I know you have a lot of experience here. Um, there's all different ways to get involved, yes, like Amy said, but then there's also the question of, do you want to give your time and donation, or uh, time, money, effort, whatever, to a national cause or a local community or maybe a state agency? So, Sonia, what kind of advice do you have for us since you have a lot of experience here? I think it's really important to first sort of think about what is it that you can do because Mm -hmm. there are like all of us have capacity to do different things um so like to be totally honest I can give a lot more money than I can give time Mm -hmm. um but there are some things that I find very important to give time to but there are some pretty basic things that I think we all can think about right now which is that uh, and I know it sounds really like kind of scary or kind of nebulous, this idea of, like, call your senators, call your representatives. But that's actually a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it did take me moving to D.C. and going to meetings with representatives in the House and senators to be like, oh, this is actually, like, right, we vote for them. Mm -hmm. We pay their salaries. They take meetings with us because we are their constituents and that is literally their job. And the idea that any one of us can walk into an office, call an office, 
email an office and say, I am really concerned about this thing. That is a thing that actually, and I, like, I am a person who hates phones, right? We all hate making phone calls at this point. Mm -hmm. Nobody calls anybody. (laughs) You can call your representative or your senator, and you might just get a voicemail. You could call after hours, just calculate, you know, when is it after 6 p.m. in D.C.? Call them. Leave a voicemail. The idea that, it, like, if you are even adverse to just talking to humans on the phone, which mm-hmm. I know I am, and I think a lot Same. of us are, yeah. um, you can call after hours. You can leave a message. They will record that. It actually matters. You can call, and even if you call during, you know, if what you have free is during business hours, you call. There will be an assistant or an aide who answers the phone, and you could say, I'm a constituent of X person. This is what's really important to me. Please record that. Mm-hmm. They're not going to ask you questions to prove. They're not going to ask you. It's just you can call and say, I am really concerned about the upcoming Supreme Court judicial nominee. Mm-hmm. It is very important to me that this position not be filled until after the president the is inauguration. Inaugura- mm-hmm. yeah. after the 2021 inauguration. And it is scary I have been doing a lot of that, mm-hmm. like just making phone calls. I've been doing a lot of that in Sacramento, making phone calls to, you know, the mayor and the representatives mm-hmm. about, like, don't increase the police budget, right? It's yeah. intimidating, but you can we find— We had to sit in at the mayor's house yeah. a couple months ago. It was great. But you can find scripts online. Um, you can find resources online. You, can yeah. I just make sure we've clarified, and maybe we have, and I'm maybe late to the game. Maybe I was in La La Land, but— Making sure that in your language when you talk to the, your 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 senators or your your representatives is that it's after like like Sonia said the inauguration, not after the election because mm-hmm. there is a time period from if the election is on November third, um, and let's just say the current president is not reelected, it, you they have from November third until you know sometime in January, like January twenty first or, or whatever time that is that they could potentially still pass this even if it's a change, it's a lame duck period. So with your wording, please, please, please make sure that you say that it's really important that it's, you know, after the inauguration is when they pick the next Mm -hmm. uh, justice. It would also be swell if Biden came out and said, if you fill her seat and I'm elected, I will expand the Supreme Court to 11 seats. Except for that, I think that it's so, that's such a... uh, Dangerous statement because I I can see Trump expanding it to eleven. The expansion of the Supreme Court for partisan reasons is it's so dangerous. Just simply slope. Yep, which is a whole (laughs) other thing. But folks have thrown that around a lot. Well, Trump got you know however many appointees. Mm -hmm. We should just make it bigger. Yeah, I am a die-hard you know radical liberal who you know, weirdly works in the legal system, but frankly would like to see it all demolished and we should start from scratch, et cetera. <laughs> Whole nother episode. Um, the idea that we open the door to saying that the judicial branch is malleable based on political mm-hmm. party is so dangerous. Yeah. dangerous. We've, already, we've already opened that door with the lame duck president argument, right, with... Um, you know, not even holding a hearing for Merrick Garland. I mean, that right. door has already been opened. And as a Democratic congressperson or even just a Democratic, like, citizen right now, like, 
where are your morals? Where, like, wh- at what point are you willing to play the same game that Mitch McConnell is playing, or do you let him have his nominee? Do you let Trump and McConnell have their nominee for the Supreme Court? Because I truly believe in our system. And yes, I, th- I think Obama should have had his nomination, right? I really think he should have. In the same way, I think Trump should have his nomination too. But unfortunately, that's not the same game that Mitch McConnell mm-hmm. is playing. So what what do we do now? I'm like, no, you don't get another fucking nomination. You block this other one. And, and it's so draining to think like that where I'm like, wait, what? Like, who's the bigger person here? Like, are the Democrats going to have to be the bigger person and be like, no, you actually really do deserve this nomination? But as they're nomination? the bigger person, they keep getting fucked. Exactly. Yeah. So- there's some cognitive dissonance here. Like, are we willing to bit. play dirty? Well, it, not not in politics, but in other ways. Right. Or, like, <laughs> are we willing to play dirty? Yes, of course. <laughs> Just maybe not in politics. You know, or do we kind of go back to... Uh, is there even a going back to... Going back to what? Well, what is it? You know, to that, that the standard we're talking about of, like, playing with these systems we've had forever, playing with the judiciary... judiciary do we go back to that? Do we I go back don't. To mm-hmm. I don't think there's a back to mm-hmm. go to. Exactly. I don't. Th- I don't think our generation can forgive what has happened. To, like, I am 35 years old. This is my second recession. Right. The fuck. <laughs> like, I no. I don't trust Republicans. You guys smash our economy to the ground whoa, every whoa, time whoa, whoa, you're in whoa, charge. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay. But I, like, I agree but, with that. <laughs> and as the finance person, I need to put an asterisk there that finance is sometimes sick. Cyclical that that sometimes blah 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 you know just just to put that out there because I don't want. But I think the idea of like going back to anything is really it's that's like Trump's make America great again. I mean, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, It's this fake idea that there was some that there was at some point an America that worked for all of us, right? And Uh, except for that, there has never been. There has never been. And so what we actually need to be thinking about is what are the things that we do to move forward mm-hmm, right. to drastically change the way the systems work. Right. That said, we operate in this system right now that has this democratic, you know, supposedly right democracy democratic, not partisan democratic. We have a democracy that is We're based on votes that, you know, we all have these, we have these three branches of government. We have these things. Was it a system that worked? I mean, I really love that meme that is like, maybe a bunch of rich white slave owners in the 1700s didn't set up the best governmental system. <laughs> it's true. But it's what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having this sort of false, like retroactive, it was so great before, it was never great before. Right. Can we think about what would be, what do we really want to go towards in the future? What I, do we want? I think this is something I that has really become clear to me after RBG died is there is no going back. Mm-hmm. The way that this game of politics is being played right now, we cannot win. And I'm just going to say Democrats. I'm just going to generalize all everyone who's not Mitch McConnell and Trump. <laughs> so like, just a person. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> people Citizens, don't yeah. win. <laughs> we Democrats cannot win playing this game and I think it's very obvious at this point that there is no quote going back and we could have never gone back and I think that's something that has been really good talking about processing traumas 
processing this trauma, it is uh, a, a phase, right? There was a depression phase. I think something that really helped was reaching out to my support system, people who do feel like-minded, like you guys, my friends, really kind of getting my thoughts together and then making this like thought in my mind that the system was never great for everyone. And, and that's like, okay, it was never great. Now what do we do? How do we change it? There's no going back. The way that establishment Democrats have been running this is it's not working. We need something else. Something else needs to happen. I'm in the acceptance phase. <laughs> I've accepted that now. I'm like, no, it's not working. You cannot win playing this game. No. And what next? Exactly. But I think that that's it. okay. I We're definitely going to be having like an election week special. Yeah, I'm. I'm so stay like tuned just for in my that. Own like, bubble of like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Alexandra's uh-huh. like, but what about the financial implications? Oh and God. I'm like, but let me talk more about being lawyer and law. Yeah. So we're all. I love it though because I think that there are, <laughs> there are, we have what we have is we have this 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 will that when you think you're completely tapped out, we're we're reaching into to to just. We're finding alternative fuels to drive ourselves, and I and I that's so cliche. But what also, I mean is like, fuck the men that are making us have to relive traumatic experience after traumatic experience. Like we have gotten so strong with all the bullshit we have had to deal with. That's true. That's true. And like, okay, fine, but also like World War Two. That was a turning point for our you know, grandparents, great grandparents. At this point, the Vietnam War. That was a turning point. This is one of our turning points, and it's been going on for years. And so, yeah, Lynn, I definitely agree with you. Like, we cannot go back. But this is also, I am so very much aware of what a time it is to be alive right now with all of this stuff going on. And we are at a turning point in history. And I think the more people who can acknowledge that and see it, the better their insight becomes on how they can help mm-hmm. in whatever way you think is important to you help our country move forward or help even just your friends or your family move forward and educate yourself you Mm -hmm. know this is a grief process i mean it it really is like okay so rbg died and i felt like we lost someone obviously really important Mm -hmm. for the supreme court to stand up for our rights and everything but it also felt like this more tradi- like we were talking about you know respecting even george bush and mccain and things like that to me, our RBG dying was also the death of what I'm talking about here. The, mm-hmm. the death of this respect for other right. part, of, like for people across the aisle, for part of, part of politicians across the aisle. It's the death of that. And you need to go through that grief process right now. Now, how do we get out of it? I mean, for me, m- my fuel, like I said, was just accepting that it was never a great system to begin with. Right. And that it needed to die. This needed to die. Like that, that's, that's the fuel right now. That's the motivation is this did need to die. And it sucks that it has to be this way. It really sucks that fucking Trump gets to nominate three Supreme Court justices and a buttload of lower court judges. It really does. But it is what it is. Right. I mean, there's, there's nothing we can do about it now. And after Trump was elected. This shit needs to burn down Mm -hmm. and rebuild. And Mm -hmm. I think that's actually a really, like, that is what I have been processing the last few days, too, is that this, to me, is the absolute signifier of the end of this system. Because the whole point is that 
you know, our government has three distinct branches that are mm-hmm. checks and balances. The executive branch is the presidential. Um, so obviously that's Trump's. The congressional branch is already in his pocket, but we still had some glimmer of hope about the judicial branch, and we have lost that. And so what that means is that this blossoming dictatorship Mm -hmm. now has control of all three branches of this democratic government. And so any illusion that we had of having a functional democracy, of having a... You know, not a just mm-hmm. absolute, like, I mean, it is. It's a dictatorship, and this is yeah. what we have seen, like, from history, from other countries. We know this is exactly how this works. The control of the arms of government, the control of the media, the control of, right? We are watching in real time a destruction of this system that is so foundational to the idea of America that we don't have any mm-hmm. response. But the veil has fallen. Like, that we've now... The, 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 the culmination of what you've said is that the veil has fallen and we can no longer live inside of this, you know, idealized sense that we have, not control, but we have uh, agency, that you said earlier. But Lynn, Lynn referenced that, you know, we need to burn the systems down, but we are now at the mercy of the system. So... How do we burn it down? AOC. <laughs> God, she's really hot. Yes. If I had her, if she was my congressman, oh, I could call yeah. her every day. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you still can. I do. I've donated. I donate monthly to AOC on repeating, um, on repeating, mm-hmm. you know, whatever I can, even if it's small, 10 bucks, 20, whatever it is that I can do. And it's. I saw some stat yesterday that, is it Amy McGrath is running against Mitch McConnell, that her campaign fundraising has gone like through the roof but there's another swing senate seat that has only gotten a little bit of donations but she has a much better chance of winning oh i also love this as a thing that i think we didn't actually like touch on about like what can you do run for office yes run for office, run for office. I mean, we talk about AOC as this, like, beacon of, uh, like, she's now, you, you know, RBG's gone. AOC mm-hmm. is, like, our beacon, and and the squad, right, mm-hmm. are our beacon of, like, how this country can work. Run for office. Because all of it actually very much matters. And it's not just, like, okay, but my whole thing about run for office is, like, sometimes it's, Obviously, that's daunting. I also have never run for office, but for the school board, for the mm-hmm. city council, for the you know county board of representatives, yeah. or start someplace because actually putting folks who share your ideals into local government can be the pathway to putting them into national government. And frankly, I think that's actually a thing that we're seeing yes. that we haven't seen in the past is this disruption of the only old white guys who have ever held positions of elected office mm-hmm. can be in the House of Representatives, can be in the Senate, can be in the U.S. Congress. But, like, so just run for office. And if it doesn't, I mean, it's a lot of work, but, like, if you don't see somebody in your 
wherever it is that you live, in your town, in your county, in your state, if you don't see somebody who shares your values, then be the person who runs on those values. And we saw a huge influx of women running for office after Trump was nominated or elected. And I am very interested now to see the influx of people running for office and also even perhaps joining the legal profession now that RBG is gone. I I think a lot of women are going to use this as a call to arms and find out what they can do and how can they stand up for the progress that has already been done. Yeah. I think another suggestion to kind of touching back onto like, for us, I think, you know, uh, like me as a white woman has just realized that the system needs to be burned down when the reality of it is there are queer people, folks of color, who have known this for much longer than me (laughs) two days ago, right? And so I think another suggestion is if you are feeling like the system needs to be burned down, there's no hope, blah, 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 the other support system you can reach out to is uh, Black Lives Matter, calling Kaepernick's foundation. I think it's really important to go to these other sources who have more experience with this because they have realized that the system needs to be burned down for much longer than we have. So go to Black Lives Matter websites, you know, go to Colin Kaepernick's website, like go to other like, um, you know, queer resources. I mean, a lot of queer people have realized the system needs to be burned down. You know, it's, it's not just us realizing it right now. There are other places to go where people have been saying this shit needs to burn down for a long time. Like, what do they suggest? Like, it's time to learn more about our other Americans, right? The, our fellow Americans. It's time to learn more. It really is. Let's get fucking educated. This is such a critical point that you have made, Lynn, and I think that that's one of the major mistakes that a lot of folks make, especially the folks who fall into this category that we are, where we are white, educated people. People think that because they have just become aware of an issue, that they need to start the thing. That they need to... Right. That this is somehow new. And to be honest, there are people who have been doing this work. Whatever it is that you are devastated about right now, is it election protection? Is it, like, racial justice work? Is it access to food or housing in your community? Whatever it is that you are devastated about right now... um, there are people who are already organizing around that. And for the folks who are listening, who are the ones who are organizing, I'm not talking to you. I am thanking you for being trailblazers in that place. But I think there are a lot of folks who make the mistake of feeling like just because a concern is new to them, that it is new to the world, and that they need to start something about it. And the fact is... That's very selfish because it is not about you. Word. And there are people who have been organizing around this. Find those people. It might be hard to break in because if you are brand new and they don't trust you, they might not let you come to their protest. And that is not a personal problem that you have. That means that you haven't done the work yet. Yeah, part of this grief process is reaching out to your support system. Like, the first steps do need to be talk to people who do think like-minded as you so you can regather your thoughts, right? And, and I think 
kind of the half step, the next evolution is what we're talking about right now is like, okay, find people who are more experienced in this, who are not feeling the grief at this moment because they've been feeling it for decades or a lot longer than you and reach out to them, which is what you're talking about. Like, uh, you know, community or, uh, you know, groups that have been doing this, Planned Parenthood, you know, um, uh, lawyers who, uh, immigration lawyers, right? Like, you know, like things like that, like I already mentioned Black Lives Matter, you know, things like that, something that you feel passionate about, like what you just said, Sonia, like reach out to those people. That is a support system for you mentally, but also you can be support for this movement, whatever that movement is, whatever you feel powerfully, you know, whatever you feel is important to you. It's, it's a two-way support system. I think that's how you process traumas. Yeah, if I could snap, I would do that. I'm just <laughs> giving my, that, I'm, I'm, that's like my old, you know, I'm going to like Beatnik. poetry. <laughs> slam poetry. Yeah. Slam poetry yeah. in the early 2000s. I'm giving Lynn snaps. That's I'm all. Just, I'm just so grateful. <laughs> I'm just so grateful for, for all of you ladies and for really just giving different perspectives that I feel like I can incorporate and really help me along in my process of, of grief and, and um, you know, you've given me a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. You want to wear one of my douchey freedom shirts one day? <sighs> You'll feel better. With a backwards <laughs> pro hat. <laughs> and like. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I also really love flags, and so we have the Stop Killing Black People rainbow flag mm-hmm. that attaches to the back of the vehicle because every so often I'm like, oh, if people are driving I'd wear that. And it's also on your hat right now. But, it's but, also literally on my hat But I have a serious right question, though. Would you guys have been friends with me if you knew nothing about me, but I had a huge Texas shirt on? I mean, yeah. I mean, Look you're a that. cute girl, and you're talking to lesbians. I don't. I don't. We're very confused. Like, I, mean, I was trying to understand, like, at what point did I see you while you're wearing that shirt? Yeah. Like, I, was it just like yeah, on the street? context is important? Because yeah. I wouldn't have just walked up and been like, "Hey, buddy." Yeah, uh, we're gonna be friends. Was it at the? No, I absolutely would have. I would have been like, club? like cute straight girl in a Texas shirt. This girl knows how to fucking drink. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, and that's why everybody needs a Lynn in their friend group. God. Let's go, girl. To have the confidence like. of Lynn Freeman. Yes. Would be like, we I, could only aspire to so be. So I just as, want you to know, in our house, in our house, we tell Lynn every day, and I think she's tired of hearing it. We'll come downstairs and we're like, we just wish we could be as cool as Lynn. Yeah. Like we, Yaz and I are both equally uncool as cool. And so half of Yaz and I make one cool person, which is Lynn. Yeah. And so we just, <laughs> Lynn without even trying is like, oh yeah, like I just did this. And Yaz and I are just like, oh my God, are we cooler? Cause yeah. she's like in our house. No, there's like, definitely people like, in our friends yeah. group that I'm like, oh, she's so much cooler than I am. Like, do you see the way yeah, she's rocking that plaid? I big nerd is super cool. Okay, yeah. okay, thank For you. What it's that's worth. another topic. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you on? <laughs> Dirty brains. That's yeah. right. So we were, uh, Ashley and I were, dri- I don't know if Ashley was with me, actually. Uh, so oh, I was driving whoa. through. Was there another girlfriend you were no, with? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I might have just been by myself. I don't know. It was um, up in Placerville, which is about an hour away, and I've been up there a couple times this summer, so don't hate me. I don't remember who was State of me. Jefferson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is the reference. <laughs> Whole other topic. Google that shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't give them any more attention. Um, so um, at the stoplight, 
like on the side of me, I'm like, oh my God, that guy has a, like a flag, but I'm pretty sure that's the don't tread on me snake, but it just said snakes will bite. Like, <laughs> like, like it did not have the right saying with it. Ashley, confirm or deny, was that you? That was not me. Uh, Alex, was that you? No, you were, um, it's when you went camping with Tony because you were on the phone with How? me. How? Okay, there we go, there we go. You, you guys, I'm hearing from the peanut gallery that uh, Ashley was on the phone with me, so I think that counts. And then service dropped, and I'm like, I have no idea where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just get days. bitten by a snake? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Snakes bite. <laughs> um, so, oh my gosh, this is great. So, uh, Amy also makes gay flags, wooden, uh, yes. and they're pretty bitchin'. Sure do. Gay yeah. flags, American flags, trans flags, flags of all shapes and Will sizes. Will you make Texas flags? No, listen, I want to, uh, speaking of the Texas flag <laughs> and the California flag. Everybody is I, not against, uh, you guys are all against the Texas flag. No, 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 I'm not against the Texas flag. Remember what, that year that the guy on Survivor used a giant Texas flag as a tarp and that was like the smartest uh, item he could have brought? No. That was like 2002 <laughs> before like shit hit the fan real big. But I just want to make a little flag history point. That the California flag <laughs> and the Texas flag are both flags of a republic that the U.S. took over. So I just yes. want to like yeah. just just put that out yeah. there. You yes. know, you take whatever you want away from that. Wait a whoa 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 whoa. So can I just be kind of not smart around California for a second? Wait a minute. No, we were the Lone Star State, and we were a republic. Y'all were too. It says California Republic. Right, the but flag. like, were you your own? Like, we were our own country. We were also we Mexico. Were Mexico. <laughs> yeah. But were you your own California? Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a state or something. None of y'all know. You all are yeah. looking at it me like, we don't know. Somebody Google it real quick. It was a republic. GTS. 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 Yeah. GTS. I, just, I, just, I just want everybody to understand that if I'm going to go big or go home, you know, and support my Texas. You know. Well, I'm just optimistic that California will be a republic of our own. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Sure. So I feel like secession of the West Coast yes. is in our near future. So you're just right. proposing so we will bring Washington two. and Oregon. <laughs> yeah, we'll take Washington and Oregon with us. And then, like, so you've seen the map or the meme? <laughs> I sent this has, to you. I know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> so I'll post it on our Instagram, so make sure you follow us, at Adult Out. Um, but it, the map is of Canada and the United States, and it it has um, the entire West Coast, plus also like Massachusetts, Maine, and New York, um, We're joining so Canada. <laughs> I know. Uh, don't even get me started on coastal elites. So basically, you want to create a Canadian country that looks like one of those furry ear flap hats? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 If, if we're going to be, if Canada is going to be America's hat, let's yeah. make it be America's yeah. floppy, floppy ear floppy hat. Ear hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's this great phrase that just, it's, it's actually really more of like a California cultural meme. It's like, if you have not thought about secession once in your life, you are not a Californian. Correct. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Wait a like, minute, that's on the Texas state flag. <laughs> <laughs> one of yeah. my favorite hand-me-downs from my dad is a t-shirt that has iron-on fuzzy letters from the 70s. Oh, yes. It's about Santa Cruz secession. Yes. Oh. If you are not wow. familiar with Santa Cruz, <laughs> California, GTS. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Also, come visit us. 
Hey, I think we should do a podcast episode on like in all Santa of the st- in Santa Cruz. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Literally just about weed and beaches. <laughs> oh yes, and maybe beer. No, um, like a uh, an episode on like where we talk about like the different states or different places we're from, like something like that. Like what it's mm-hmm. like to be gay there, what it's like now. I don't know, something like that. I think that's genius. I would uh, do that. Of the California Republic. Oh, 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 oh. Here's, here's Ashley with a quick history of the California Wait, whoa, Republic. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where, are you, where is this cited? Maybe. Listen, listen, Fox News. <laughs> okay, okay. So the California Republic was formed when they declared independence from Mexico on June 14th, 18, Secession, June 14th 1846. Three weeks later, they were occupied by the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so July colonists. <laughs> July 9th, 1846, <laughs> it became a territory of the United States. <laughs> Y'all didn't even last, last for three weeks. And that flag, <laughs> that flag, the California Republic flag, the first version of it came from this three-week republic from <laughs> so basically i have memorialized a flag from a place that has only existed for, for literally three only three weeks <laughs> so when you're saying make america great again it means though for those three weeks yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. i want to go back to that wow <laughs> it's like it's like gay marriage has now been um legal longer than the confederacy was a thing <laughs> similar idea here hey maybe the podcast could be not about the states you're from but like our our love hate our experience with California maybe that's what it could be <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a tumultuous relationship right there fucking love it sometimes I fucking I just hate want it. y'all to know that we were in Texas or Republic for like ten years so, <laughs> so no big deal NBD but not definitely we like we like to highlight yeah, but the thing you guys are most proud of huh. is the loss at the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> I never understood that. I never understood. We would learn, like, we got a year of Texas history in, like, a year of it, okay? And it was like, Texas is great. And they're like, the Alamo. And we, like, go to the Alamo, and you can go to the Wax Museum, and then the Alamo. And then we're like, wait, whoa, 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 we lost? (laughs) There's, like, things you find out as an adult. Anyway, oh my God! So it's like this me being proud of the 49ers losing that Super Bowl last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Niners! Pew 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 pew! <laughs> but aren't you just proud of Katie Sowers? Let's oh, be real. Oh yeah. God! <laughs> so everyone, clearly this conversation has devolved, but we want to thank you <laughs> for sticking with us. Uh, I uh, want to say also, I will post or I will tag everyone who's on this deck today, if you actually don't have someone to talk to about what's going on, feel free to DM someone on this deck. Like, we all have some time. Especially if you're single. Fuck off, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, I missed this. Who's single? <laughs> Nobody here is single. <laughs> Nobody here is single. Oh, in my quotes. Gosh. In quotes. We're okay. putting that around quotes. You okay. can't see them. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. Like, I was talking to a listener the other day who's from Texas, so sorry for shitting on your state. All no, the no, place, I'm from Texas. <laughs> we're not sorry for Long shitting on Long live, <laughs> man. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so, yeah, reach out to us. Like, we're pretty personable, and we would love to chat with you, especially if you, like, represent a different kind of view or whatever if you're in a different part of the state 
country, or, world. Hell yeah, yeah we want to talk to you. State ethnocentric of like Cal- like you just referenced just California. No, no, no. I started small, went big. Mm. Okay, no. Or no. if you just need someone to vent to and be like, "Fuck Mitch McConnell," I'm gonna share this thing I found about him. Message us. Yeah, we're like, yeah, agreed. Right. Yeah, we want to start a lesbian commune. Yeah, so do we. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I'm I'm all for this, man. I yeah. I think that we we could if we start the lesbian commune, we can set up systems that we want to replicate on a larger scale. Yeah, we're gonna blow people's mind if we start talking about that right You're now. Looking though, at but me like I'm gonna have to form this corporation or something. You're going to have to. Alexandra loves Long doing paperwork, and we love, love putting jobs on Sonia. I don't love doing paperwork. Uh, I love discussing how we can revamp <laughs> systems of frameworks, especially in business, so we can apply it and extrap- extrapolate and apply it to like other systems outside. Almost every time somebody asks me for legal advice, oh, my response is, <laughs> I am the wrong kind of lawyer. <laughs> yes. But if you want to open an abortion clinic, let me know. Yeah, there we go. You want to drink a beer? <laughs> yeah. Texas, are you listening? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We are going to take a break, and then we'll record next week's podcast on whatever topic we feel like. All right. Thank you. Bye. We've laughed. We've cried. Mm-hmm. We've given our advice. We've given advice. Now go forth and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. Yeah. Oh. Ow, to a dog.